the reason this is really a big story is because of how big Justin Bieber is. I mean, he has 114 million followers just on Twitter. So that, I mean, that's one third of the U.S. That's ridiculous, which obviously it's people from all over the world. But um, just to kind of put that in perspective of how big he is. Um, and a few days ago, um, there was media reports that he had purchased a board Air, board eight yacht club NFT, and he paid uh, about three to four times more than what the floor for the NFTs are. So what the lowest priced ones are. And this was a pretty normal looking ape. It wasn't anything, didn't have any special traits or anything. So it was definitely probably only worth about, well, worth is a, you know, objective term, but worth about 250,000. And he ended up paying about 1.3 million for it. So he definitely overpaid for it if it was in fact his. Um, And then he actually went on a buying spree, bought about 20 other blue chip NFTs, um, dropped a ton of money. I mean, he had... So the reason this is a big problem is because when you look at his wallet and the nice thing about this is all on Ethereum, which is a public blockchain. So every transaction is able to be looked at by people and to find out where all this money is coming from. Uh, He had a 900 ETH deposit into his wallet um, from a separate wallet. Now, this separate wallet that deposited in it is a wallet that runs a different NFT project called Inbetweeners NFT. I know this is a little complicated, but basically this in-betweeners NFT sent Justin 900 ETH and Justin used that 900 ETH to purchase a bunch of these NFTs. So the money isn't really his that he's using to purchase these NFTs, but he's then going out there and saying, oh, I bought this, bought this and hyping up the projects. Um, And he's not saying that the money is not his. So the connection is actually that on back in December, um, Justin said he purchased an in-betweeners NFT and actually his current profile picture on Twitter is an in-betweeners NFT. So this guy who runs the in-betweeners NFT gifted him all of these NFTs. He didn't actually purchase a single one of these in-betweeners. So they were all free gifts that he didn't disclose. Yeah. Yeah. So this to me looks like just another influencer marketing grift personally. Oh, I mean, yeah. He's just getting paid money to promote a product. It's the same thing we saw on Instagram when you had certain influencers, certain celebrities either pumping crypto projects, being paid to do so without disclosing it, or skincare and nutritional supplements, all these things. I mean, this is pretty much, in my opinion, the same, more of the same. Yeah, I mean, mean, this is, I think this is, the big thing is this is one of the bigger, I mean, I know some some bigger um, celebrities have gotten into stuff like this, but this is, I mean, he's one of the biggest celebrities in the world. And you know what? That's so insane. I don't, there's no reason for these people to dilute their name for the sake of some scammy NFT project. And, you know, to me, it's it's just like, man, you, you have more brand equity in yourself. You should treat yourself with more respect than just making a couple million off of a NFT drop when you already are a top. He doesn't need a artist or whatever. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of the thing is, is so either this is Justin's wallet and he's doing undisclosed advertising for this in betweeners NFT. He's also doing wash trades because he's purchased uh, five different uh, in betweeners NFTs for well over the um, floor price. And that money came from minting of the in-betweeners NFTs. So basically, he took the money that was used to mint these NFTs, 
was given to him in his account, and then he bought more of the same NFTs. So it's, you know, it, yeah. the nice thing is it's all public, so people can go out there and see, hey, dude, this is shady. So the thing is, is it his wallet, and he's doing this shady stuff and not disclosing it? Or is someone in control of his wallet that is doing this for him and driving up demand for whatever reason, but not telling him about it? But then it's, you know, that's his image that's being used right now. So yeah. That's kind of good. It's not good for him either way, really. Yeah, I mean, he's probably he's he's making his money off of it. It's to these projects, it's a marketing expense. Yeah, you know, they they spend the money to help market and hype it up, but there's nothing there, right? It's just oh, well, empty yeah. well, empty maybe. vapor. And yeah. if if you're buying an NFT because of an, a celebrity is buying it as well, or some mint part of the collection, it's kind of like, what are you really buying here? Like, what what are you? As an as an investor slash speculator, you know you you the outcome you you brought it on yourself. You're going um, to you're speculation towards an investment at that point. Yeah, well, totally. and that's two people were saying like, oh, maybe someone will buy this, and that's and that's okay, and that's okay if that's yeah, what people yeah, want. Okay. But buyer beware. Exactly. Yeah, just make sure your eyes are wide open, and I think that's one of the awesome things about a public blockchain is you know there are people out there that can go through and do this and say, hey this looks fishy where, you know, if this was a web two deal, it would just be money in bank accounts and who would, you know, it'd be a lot harder to track. Yeah, exactly. That's actually a good segue for, for the hit piece article. And I actually, I wanted to check this site out, but they took it all down. So I wanted to actually try this platform out before we talked about it to get a more educated opinion here, but it's, it's actually been so, controversial that they've they've actually pulled the project but basically it's music nft marketplace hit piece supposedly selling music assets without artist permission i guess they were turning songs into nfts so that you could go and brag to people that you own the song (laughs) i don't know it's whatever but they were not uh, supposed allegedly asking for permission from the artists before they would just mint these. And it had to do a, a, they were doing one out of one edition entities for every song in the world that was built on top of Spotify's API. So I could go and brag to you that I own some songs, I guess that's pretty cool. Not. So, I mean, I don't know who would even be using that. But the premise was that they would be giving artists a cut of the royalty of the revenue. And apparently they weren't. So, like I said, I really wanted to go in and experiment with the platform. I never even heard of it before this. But there's so much controversy around it that they've they've just pulled it offline. So I can only really go on industry articles and other Twitter threads that I'm trying to evaluate what, what was going on. But. I couldn't even use the platform. So have, what about you? Have you heard of this before? Yeah, actually, this so I watched a video about this. Um, one of the people I watch on YouTube covered this. And actually, if you go in the Wayback Machine, you can look at, I don't know if you've ever used the Wayback Machine, uh, Google. Yeah, yeah. You can go, yeah, he actually, so the guy went back and um, pulled up the sheet or the main page. And the funny thing was the main page was, um, I believe it was an uh, album by Bob Marley, who's passed away. Um, then like, you know, wind, earth and fire and like XXX tension or what, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but a bunch of people who have passed away basically. So it's like, um, who are you paying for these royalties? 
if all the artists are passed away, are you paying anybody? Like, did you just put this music up there because you know, it would be hard for them to collect royalties on it. Like, I feel like it was just a really kind of rushed together project, even though they say they've been around since 2020, I feel like this kind of NFT thing was just thrown in there. Like, yeah. Cause you couldn't even pay with crypto. You, you had to use yeah, a credit it, card. So yeah. there's no tracking of the, of the transaction and you don't, and then what that, were you that, actually that, getting? There was like, they had their own blockchain. They had yeah, their so own. That's a, that's a in, an on-ramp. So I'm pretty sure there's quite a bit of uh, regulation needed to on-ramp people from fiat to crypto. I don't think you can just say, hey, pay with a credit card, we'll give you crypto. Right. You could do it with a stable <laughs> coin, though. Yeah, if they would have actually had it on a real blockchain, but... But they didn't. Uh, so, well. <laughs> yeah, so I think, you know, there's... This just speaks to the, the market potential, the market opportunity for a software or a platform or a protocol, whatever you want to call it, a tool that, that could potentially solve for these issues and do it in a way that's not controversial. So... Yeah, I think more on that more on that soon that we're, we'll talk about. But I really just feel like these controversies on music platforms, whether it's Spotify not paying artists, whether it's this platform straight up ripping off artists, there's a market opportunity here, and you see it with the way the crowd reacts when it's a controversy, yeah. and also just the way people demand artists are demanding artists to be compensated properly these days. So I, I view that as, as signal that there's a real opportunity here and we're working on it. So we'll have more on that soon. Uh, just a couple. So the one thing I I'm kind of sad about something like this is that this is the thing that's getting the mainstream media attention is stuff like this hit piece and other, you know, scams that are out there. And it's really kind of, and, you know, like with Ubisoft coming out and saying, oh, gamers don't know what's right and they want NFTs. Like, I don't know if this is this isn't helping the overall image a lot. It's these some of these big companies and some of these organizations that are coming out with this scam stuff. And it's being the front news stuff. It's really kind of hurting the image of crypto and NFTs. And it's it's not going to help with mainstream adoption. No. Yeah. Yeah. There's it's the classic classic media narrative crypto's yeah. bad you know no I, I it's all scams it's all it's artists fake. who are worried about you know we get you get True. some music artists who who would maybe be open to doing nft and then they see oh somebody who's just selling my stuff without telling me nft bad blah 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 and they don't ever want to you know open themselves up to that again well and that's part of it is that everybody is missing the real opportunity what we can do with nft technology it's not this is not going to be revolutionized by the uh, the act of minting a token that represents a song. I mean, I get it. Ownership of assets, it's it's unique. It's interesting. But the, the people and the crowd and the investors, I mean, I was just at a dinner last night with a bunch of them. They are missing the real opportunity that NFT technology is presenting it's not just, hey, we're gonna. I'm an artist. I'm gonna mint this thing, and it's gonna make me money finally. It's, you know, I'm gonna sell it once and make make a big payday out of it. That that hype is not gonna last. I don't think in the market cycle. The real innovation is gonna be from software tools that can can read NFT metadata, and that's voluminous in the fact that there would be thousands of of nfts potentially 
millions all related to people listening to songs or the, the metadata, right? Because you could have potentially five to 10 pieces of metadata for one song because of the different layers and the different rights that are associated with each song and all the, all the stakeholders that go into that. So I think, and I might not be making any sense, but I think that people, people are really failing to understand the big picture on NFTs. I think that's my opinion. I'm 100% with you. I think it's just, it's, you know, it's the same with any um, early industry. I mean, you see these early things, you see people coming in with low effort cash grabs and it's, Obviously, that's not what we want. That's not the future. That's not what the you know the leaders are looking to do. But it's it's putting a bad name on it for people that are just looking quickly. And I'm hoping, yeah. that, like you said, that the technology keeps evolving and we keep um, you know pushing into new and exciting things. Like I mean, exactly what you just said with like having all the metadata available, right? Like that. Like that's awesome. That's something that I don't think a lot of people realize. They just see a you know, $300,000 PFP and go, what the heck is this? Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they'll come around, they'll come around. And yeah. as long as you can convince a core group of investors and core group of community leaders about the potential of, of new technology like that, then you, you get enough people, you get the right people around the table who can get things off the ground and get, get some momentum going. Exactly. If there is true market potential and if there is, true product market fit there will be you know you know that that will take care of itself but the real hard part and the real grit required is to have the right people around at the early early stages to convince the other decision makers and i think we can do that so yeah i don't it doesn't bother me so much that the media gets it wrong um because that kind of is a signal as well that maybe we're onto something yeah but in any event man um great chatting with you and that we're at we're kind of at time here but i uh and we have a call this weekend i think so our our team's doing some stuff tomorrow and i'll probably talk to you then man that sounds good you have a good rest of your day yeah yeah i'll talk to you later talk to you later bye